Alrighty, let's get ready to start the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of First Reaction Fan Reaction. I am your host, Kaylin Clothier, and with me is my co-host. Yeah, <laughs> there are women <laughs> who just finished eating a snack. Yeah. We just got done a couple of riveting episodes of Legend of Korra. We are still on book one with episodes nine and ten out of the past and turning the tides. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Let's get started with out of the past. Uh, let's get started with a synopsis here. So when we left off last episode, we found out Tarlock uh, or Senator... Dickbag. Dickbag, yeah, that guy. Or Councilman Dickbag, whatever you prefer, was a bloodbender. Hello. Yeah, and like an interesting one because um, usually you can only bloodbend when it's a full moon. Right. And this wasn't a full moon and he can just bloodbend. He was just bloodbending on like a crescent moon. And what's up with that? That is different from what we learned from the original series. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were duking it out and then he bloodbends her and then he's taking her off to some nondescript location out in the mountains. Yeah, and it was like what's creepy like when he like put her in the thing because he was still bloodbending. Yeah, he was bloodbending her the whole time and like her feet weren't even touching the ground. And, and he she was, was kind of like, and like, and like everything is so like disfigured looking I and forgot. you can hear the blood sounds. I forgot how terrifying bloodbending was yeah. and I love that it's so terrifying. Bloodbending originally came from, I think it was kind of like the, the Halloween episode of book three of Avatar. Those so it was supposed master. to be creepy. Yeah, I remember, I remember that episode. Master, yeah, it was a creepy episode. Um, and so it's cool to see this come back and be more kind of plot relevant yeah um so yeah so they didn't come up to like really near the end of the show yeah and it, it didn't really come back it was kind of a one episode thing no, no well no it came back in that one episode that oh yeah Katari yeah she was like so mad yeah but like as far as like a big plot point it was we only saw it like really once and yeah then we really somebody tells me like they thought about it like near the end of the show yeah and, and, that's, like, and they had nothing like, oh crap <laughs> <laughs> like we just thought it's awesome thing but we don't really have any place to put it we don't have any time left for it We're making a sequel show hey all right um so at Tarlac's hideout like she's locked in a, in a box Which a big metal box and she can't bend metal so she can't get out of the box so she's thinking so she got nothing really better to do than meditate yeah and nothing she's she's got to ask her past lives in the meantime uh so tenzin is at his his home and they're all sleeping and it's cute and um then he gets a call from the council and so they got to run into the council mm -hmm. and so they see a truck is there and he looks like he's getting healed up and you see like some some kind of evidence there that suggests that maybe the what actually went down didn't actually go down because you see like an equalist glove, you see like their weird spinny weapon things. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I do kind of like the fact that like, they didn't animate like a whole thing of like the equals coming to attack. Like yeah. they know that we know what actually happened. Yeah, they didn't so have to yeah re-explain a false thing to so us. So instead of they just animated like how what um, Senator Dickback did. Yeah, how he set up the scene. Yeah. So he explains that um he's like no like the equalist came like she was talking to me and because she was angry because i arrested her friends and that's when the equalists attack which by which good you know good job and so that so you can see he also like purposely electrocutes himself so it looks like he was attacked too. yeah so he, he thought this one through he's not he's not an idiot he's just a dick bag yes and so in the meantime, we see Lin Bei Fong for the first time. We didn't see in the last episode. We haven't seen her since that she resigned from the. I kind of forgot that she was like slightly injured. Yeah, she was injured from that time mm -hmm. um, in episode seven 
where you know she got a little beat up because that that was a rough fight against the yeah it was the, the mechs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she hears on the the radio that there's some stuff going down, and then she's like, "Oh man, we got to get back into business because mm-hmm. the Avatar's missing. Nobody knows where she is." Yeah, and she puts on her she metal bends her gear on, not totally unlike Iron Man. I think Lin Bei Fong is a little a little like Iron Man. Well, I mean, Iron Man's kind of a, a rich asshole. Yeah, and. and Fong's only a hard ass, so. And I don't think they're rich. Uh, not that she's, she's, she's got, got, she got, got some money. Yeah, I can't imagine she wouldn't have money. Anyway, uh, and she's she's going out to police headquarters, and she goes and she she's working outside the law now. Like she's not police. Chief yeah, anymore. well, she gets she's pe- working outside the law, and so she just breaks in the jail and she breaks out all of Korra's friends, the rest of the team Avatar, who is mm-hmm. currently they're currently sitting in jail. Yes. I kind of liked how they gave a zombie room jail set, but then they didn't give uh, Mako they, they and Bolin. They just put the brothers together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe they ran out of jail cells. Who knows? They, 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 they seem like to be arresting a lot of people lately, they, yeah. especially with those those non-benders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're like, hey, by the way, your friend's been kidnapped. And they're like, oh, crap. And then Mako's like, what? Yeah, they okay. kidnapped Kara? Like, I mean, we're probably going to get into this like more. It happens yeah, in episode both episodes, on. but like... Mako's like just being such a dick. He's like no, because he's like he. I feel like everything's about Mako. Like Mako thinks everything's about Mako. Mako, so and even when it's not about him, like it's kind of about him, because he's like he's like Kara, ah. And he's like and like I felt like like him being like super inter- like I, for a while I was thinking like him like becoming like super interested with Kara kind of came out of nowhere. But then I also was kind of thinking like, well, I mean, she she might be like she's missing, mm-hmm. and like probably somebody kidnapped her, and she could be like being tortured and stuff. So like probably like that like we all, like he still always had feelings for Cora, mm-hmm. even though like it kind of felt like everybody was like moving away from that, and like she was with Asami and everything was okay. Yeah. Even though I will say now Asami like Asami's like way too good for Mako. Uh huh. Yes, yes, she is way too good. But anyway, so back to my point. <laughs> Just like the, but like I think it's kind of things like it's like been deep down in me, and he wasn't really like admitting it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, I want to be with Asami right now. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, like, oh, wait, here's this other girl that I do kind of like. And mm-hmm. now she might be, like, she's missing. She might be being tortured. Yeah. That kind of rises back up. And he was, like, more intense. Even more intense than Bolin. And I'm like, yeah. but you're, you're friends. Like, this is your friend. Yeah. Like, I get Asami not being, like, super intense. Because, like, they just kind of became friends. But, yeah. like, she still likes Korra. Yeah. Like... Like they were, they were not as intense as Mako. Mako was just like all the testosterone. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was very much. He was like very man. But then, but then Lin's like, "Yo, we gotta find Cora," and they're like, "Yeah, let's get down." And they're like, "We might have to search underground then in then a then secret uh, tunnel, secret tunnel through the mountains." Anyway, so then we go, we go back to Cora. Yeah, and she's she's deciding to, to meditate because mm-hmm. she she's trying to be like get some help from the past lives, and so then we get. Into our first flashback scene, which I'm very excited about. I like this. Um, yeah, so we, we're flashing back to maybe, oh gosh, how many years ago is this? Like, Well, he, Aang said he was 40. Yeah, so it was like 30-some years ago. No, like they're mm. Well, because like you said he died in like his, you think he died in like his 60s? I think he died in his 60s, yeah. So that'd be like 20 and then... No, it was, like about, I'd say 30, 40 years. Yeah. We can't do math here. Well, no, because I'm thinking because no, he it's died like 40 in 40 years. I'm about to say if he died in his 60s, then it would be another 20 years until he died, and then Cora 17. Yeah. So. <laughs> On this oh, episode yeah. of First Reaction Reaction, we learn how to do math. So technically, if you want to go out and do real things, it's like, it's like 37 40. years. Yeah. Damn. Good job. Anyway. <laughs> I, get I know stuff. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're flashing back, and we get to see Aang, who is like 40 years old. And, and has that, a beard. He's got he's got a nice chin strap beard. Nice. I nice never thought about strap. that. I mean, yeah. like, 
I mean, it's fine. And then we also get to see, see Toph. Toph. Toph, who is the chief of police because she is the founder of the Metal Bending Police. Of course she is. What a lady. And she's still tough. She's still tough. Like, she's still like, hey, twinkle toes. And he's like, I'm 40 years old. Can we not? I feel like it's like a thing. She's like, afraid not. I feel like it's a thing where, like, she's still, like, she actually did grow up and, like, become an adult. But this is, like, her good friend. So she's still just going to. Yeah. She's still tough to him. Yeah. So together, they're with the police. And you're like, oh, man, where are they going? So Mm -hmm. they go into um, this, this restaurant. And they see this guy there. Right? This guy. Who's clearly evil. He's very, like, he just look at him and you're like, all right, this is probably a bad guy. His name is Yacone. Yep. And they arrest him. Yep. They arrest him. He seems kind of like one of those gangster guys. Yep. You're like, yeah, we don't quite, quite trust him. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of the end of that first flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go back into our good friends, Lynn, Mako Tenzin, Balin, and Asami as they're looking for the secret tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see uh, Lynn use her seismic sense again, which I love. Yeah. Every time that happens, I just think about Toph. I'm like, I just I miss it so much. Um, Look, anyway. Toph led a good life, I uh, feel. Toph. There might have been some problems. What a lady. But she led a good life. I don't know. I, I The weird thing is, like, I don't see Toph in, like, a romantic relationship, but, like, I don't know, like... Like, you know, I know she had a kid, but still. She had a kid. We're not really sure. They might have artificial insemination in, in the Republic <laughs> in the, City. In the Avatar universe. Yeah, never, I know it's supposed to be like the 20s and stuff, but you never know. You never know. It, it's, it's all kind of anachronistic. Anyway. But, um, and so as they're walking, we're, we get a little kind of teen drama here because uh, Mako is being all like we gotta find Korra guys and Sami is like yo chill dude we are all like missing her and then she goes like Bolin yo what's the deal here and Bolin's like oh you know we're just, we're just really we're, you know Korra's missing and all that and she's like no what's the deal here and like are Mako and Korra like Mm-hmm. Do they like each other? And it's like I do like a thing. It's like a slight mention that like she like it's like I know Cora is missing, but like I'm kind of also worrying about this. Yeah, which I guess if you're a teenager, that kind of is like where your brain. It's kind of yeah. That's kind of like the big thing on your mind right there. And then Bolin reveals that yeah, they kind of kissed that one time, but he's over it, so but, it's okay. Yeah, like I'm kind of remembering this, but like Cora kissed Mako. Mm-hmm. Like let's discuss that. I mean, yeah, but Bolin doesn't know that because Bolin only saw them kissing. That's and like, I think like Mako kind of went into it a bit. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he kissed back. I know that Mako. I mean, clearly like Mako's also got like uh, very clearly. And he guess it very yeah, obvious. And guess what? Mm. I still don't care. <laughs> and nobody cares about Mako. It's kind of like that thing where it's kind of like, look, I know you guys have like your teen angsty and romance issues stuff, but somebody's trying to kill us all. <laughs> By the way, they are a serious man. And like, you don't know what's here. happening to Cora right now. She might be getting tortured. She's not getting tortured, but still. So, um, so that little teen drama goes down, but then they eventually find this underground facility. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they kind of go and they're looking for things they're looking for there's a prison down there so they're looking for a prison um and then they find some equalist and like mako's like angrily interrogating them he's like he's hey. like he's he's a bit too and he he's like he's a little too much we're just sitting there like mako calm calm down buddy wait you're not it's fine just calm down <laughs> he's getting super angry about it he's like ah oh, where's cora his balls are very blue yeah and so and <laughs> which is weird because he's got a sami who will clearly make that better probably yeah who is yes who's a very lovely lady I mean, she's too good for him, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so then the, the guy's like, yo, we never attacked City Hall like that. We didn't do that. Like, Tarlock is clearly lying here. Mm-hmm. Tarlock is clearly Councilman Dickbag. Like, we have all established this. Yes. So they, I believe they find the, uh, 
the metal bender guys too. They find the metal bender officers. They find, yeah, and, and they, their bending has been taken away already. Sad. Um, which is very sad because they're all like, Chief, Chief, it's you. I would like. I don't know if it's gonna happen like later on the show, but like, are they gonna deal with like these people like who who like been bending their entire lives and now they can't bend anymore? Like, how do you deal with that? Especially with we what happens like later on in this uh, not this episode, but like in the next episode, right? Like, I wonder how people cope with that because yeah, like, it's like you have like this thing that's been a part of you and then it gets taken away like mm-hmm. that. You don't. That's not. I think that's a really great kind of character element to explore. It's like I that's think. like Especially, not something you yeah. deal with. The impact not, of bending in the Avatar world, I think, is a super interesting thing because it's not just like a cool power thing. It's like people's daily lives. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool element to explore, and we will find out how much that gets explored in the future. We'll see. Who knows? So then they have to escape the thing because like the alarms are going off and they're like intruders. And then there's a nice little scene where they're like getting away and it's mm-hmm. a little action-y. And then we go back. We keep jumping back in this episode. We're going from trying to find Korra to some flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. We're back to the flashback scenes. We, so are. we are in the council area. Um, but this is, you know. It's a trial. Yeah, it's a trial. It's Yacon's trial. Yep. And the thing is about Yacon that people are accusing him of bloodbending on any other time besides the full moon. Which I have a question. Yes. I don't know. Maybe it's a different thing. So, like, can he not bloodbend during the full moon? I think... No, I'm pretty sure he can. It's just, like, he... But in order to dissuade the blame from himself, he just did it in any, any other time. So, like, you can make the case that it's impossible. So, obviously, he didn't Okay. So, also, do we learn how... Move. Do we ever learn how? Because I don't get, like, how... We will get into that in a future episode. Cool. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right. That's so fine. We're going to explain a little bit that not in today's episode of First Reaction, Fan Reaction, but we will get to it. So stay <laughs> tuned. So in this trial, like the guy's like, there's no way he can blood bend. Like it's impossible to do it not on the full moon. So obviously, obviously my my client here, he's obviously mm-hmm. he's not guilty. So you we just let him go now. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then at this point, we have one of the councilmen stand up, and it is our good friend Sokka. Sokka. Sokka with his, he doesn't really have a hair ponytail he thing anymore. He has like a weird you know, I thought it fun looked, thing. It looked, it looked the same. Yeah, it was it was like slightly different. I kind of knew the robe. I'm like, Sokka, I'm glad. I'm glad he became a council person. Yeah, he's like leading Republic City now. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's what he's good at. He's a good leader. Yeah. Good for Sokka. And so he's like, listen, and I've seen some shit in my time, all right? So like I know that this is totally plausible. And because of that, this guy's totally guilty. Which like I need to say this because like obviously like it kind of like it did kind of sound like a Sokka voice, like grown up Sokka voice. Yeah. But I knew it was Chris Hardwick. <laughs> I knew, like, I didn't even. Re- I forgot it was Chris Hardwick, and then you said something, and then I couldn't unhear it the entire rest of the time. That we were I watching. always heard that. I wonder if it's because I know, like, I mean, I know, like, obviously Chris Hardwick's like married now. Yeah. But like, he dated the woman who played Cora, Janet Varney. Yeah, like they dated for like I think like seven years. Oh wow. I think they're really. I mean, like, I saw her because I think like because they d- broke up like years ago. Yeah. And I think they're still like really good friends, and like, oh, good. good I think them. I think because she was just on At Midnight. Yeah. So they're friends now, and he's now married to a Hearst, so we're all good. To a what? Hearst. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So nice. I'm, but like, so I, but like, I think I knew that Chris Hard. I think I read it somewhere that Chris Hardwick was in the show for like a little bit. Oh, yeah. so I, but I'm kind of like, I got slightly distracted, but then like he got serious, and I'm like, I, I work. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about a little bit at the end of the episode. Um, but anyway, and so they're like, "Yo, you are guilty. You are so guilty, man." Yeah, there's a ton of. Ev- I know, like, you the, were so guilty. We know the blood bending thing might be impossible, but like, there's a ton of other evidence. He's like, "I once saw a dude fire bend with his mind, man." Like, you, did he? Uh, I don't. He's, we're ta- he's talking about combustion man about the guy. who was like, right, with his forehead. Ah. Uh, what a cool character. Anyway, so, um, and then Yakon is like, all right, let's get serious here. And, and then he starts bloodbending with literally his eyes. everyone in the room, and his hands are tied. He's not even moving his hands. He moves his eyes, and I'm He's just like, like psychically bloodbending. Oh, that was so creepy. Oh. Anyway, and then, like, everybody's, like, moving all weird ways, and there's all these weird sounds, and it looks creepy, and, like, we're, like, cringing the entire and time. And then, like, he, like, bends, like, top to, like, let him go. He bends top to, like, let him go. Yeah, and, like, he's bending Aang, and Aang's like, <laughs> Yeah, so he cone blood bends everyone in the room, and that's kind of where we stop. We get to the chase thing mm-hmm. later. Um, so then we're back at City Hall, and Tenzin, Lin, Mako, Bolin, and Asami all arrive, and they're like, yo, and, like, Saikon is there, too, and, um... And the council, and they're like, yo, Tarlock, what's the deal, man? Apparently, we know you're lying. We know you're lying, because you're the one, you're the one who took Korra, because Tenzin figured it out. Which, like, why did they... Tenzin figured it but out. But why did they bring Synergy back into this? Like, again, like, if you want to be tactical, you say to everybody, okay, we know this guy's lying, maybe we don't let him, like, on that we're, that we know, and yeah. just, like... Yeah, like, they're very confrontational. When they're really confrontational, they just like come front. They're just like, no, like we know like, this. Hey, we know. And I'm like, hey guys, why don't we not tell him that we know, and then just like see what he says, and then just like follow him. Yeah. And then like the little mousy guy comes in, who's like one of the assistants or whatever, and he's like, Tarlac's a bloodbender. <laughs> and that's what he says. And I'm it. like, zing. And they're like, oh no, it cat's out of the bag. And then well, not the big cat. The, the, the big cat's almost out of the bag. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we already knew that. Yeah. And so um, they're like, oh, no. And then he bloodbends them all, and then he escapes. Yeah. So that that's that's happened. And then I like the part where like, they wake up, and Bolin's just like, I just had this weird dream this guy bloodbended us. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that happened. And he's like, oh. Okay. So then they, they're like, oh, man, we got to we gotta go find Korra. Yeah. But they don't know where Tarlock went. They don't know where Korra is, so. No. That's they, why they maybe they shouldn't have confronted him. Yeah. Yeah. They, they could. Uh, they they, they could have very smart about this. Like, Tenzin was good because he figured it out. Like, they figure it out, but then they don't know what to do after they said no, figuring it out. No, no. So, uh, but then we go back to the. I can't. I can never keep track of like when it switches back. It doesn't so matter. We're, why we're I have a synopsis here. Um, so then we switch back, and then there's that chase scene because Aang is like chasing Yakone, and then Yakone is like, "I'm gonna put you to sleep for good" or something because we can't say die on a kid show. Can he put them to sleep for good? Yes, I don't know. I, I'm sure if you can, like, well, like bend blood, second, you can like, cause some weird stuff. Well, like, it was weird because like, it looked like he was bending him enough. Or, like, it looked like he was going like, to snap his neck yeah, somehow. Yeah. I do kind of figure technically you could probably just, like, bring enough blood up to the brain. And then or could, you can cause a blood clot. That too. You can cause a pulmonary embolism. So you that's, can do that. That's so, like, I, first off, for a second, I thought for a second Aang was going to, like, you know, die and that was, that was going to be the end of it. But then I'm like, then you mentioned, like, he died in the 60s and he's 40. Yeah. So, no. So that didn't quite happen. Uh, he goes into the Avatar state. He does go in the Avatar state. And he, like, breaks free of the blood bending, and then he, like, does, like, the rock thing, and then he's like, I'm going to take away your bending for good. And so then he energy bends, and Yakon is no longer a bender. So does that mean, like, so that means, like, the way that the... I... What's his name? Amon. Amon. Yeah. I keep forgetting it. Like, he got into, like, getting rid of people's, like, bending power. So, he... Is he an energy... Is that energy bend? Is it energy bending? That's called energy bending, yeah. No, no, no. But I'm saying can Armand... Oh. I don't know. Okay. I... I... It's... 
No, you know. I know. I'm not going to tell you. I know. I know that. Okay, continue. Okay. I mean, I'd love to hear your theory, but I will neither confirm nor deny. Well, I think it's either he's an energy bender or like he like learned like about energy bending and kind of just like does like that thing that that um, that one girl who can like do like the pokey thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the chi blocking. Yeah. The chi blocking. I feel like it's like it's either energy bending or like a mix of like he learned how to energy he had to like do energy bending through chi blocking okay it was one or the other yeah i like that theory okay um that's because that quite because he did some thought there anyway so and then tarlac comes back and he's like yo you ruined my life but now we're gonna leave forever and you're gonna be my hostage and she's like okay son uh speaking of son you're your cone son <laughs> zing zing and he's like he's like i was but now i'm not except you are he's just being a dick about it and he's like my father tried to rule the city by the underbelly but i'm trying to make it good not that way i don't know man whatever and so he, we think it's all well and good and then amon shows up because that's what he does mm-hmm. that's what he does it. further dispelling your theory i know but that amon and tarlac are the same person yeah no i forgot about the theory my theory but my other theory was that um uh senator dickbag was like an equalist yeah which kind of also dispelled that theory yeah turns out he's just a dickbag he's just he's just your run-of-the-mill dickbag but i'm kind of upset about because then i i thought i read this article and i might have read it wrong mm-hmm. which was i thought that What's what I've, Senator Ta, not Ta, Tarlock Tarlock yeah Tarlock and Amon I thought that they were brothers I thought I read that somewhere but I guess I was wrong <laughs> God dang it <laughs> I, hate, I hate this I don't know what kind of article you know what's weird again. about this because like yeah. I'm usually on the other side <laughs> and you're on this side it's not that much fun do you, now you know do you understand do you understand <laughs> no but it's nice having the power isn't it it's so ah, I love having this power anyway so Amon literally says it's time to be equalized <laughs> I think it sounds so lame but it's coming out of Steve Bloom's voice so like you can't I don't know what Steve Bloom is he's the voice actor for Amon and he does a lot of he voices a lot of like manly badass characters um and so yeah so there's a fight that goes down and tarlac is like let me just blood bend and he's like blood bending and everyone else is like affected by it except amon amon for some reason is this doesn't blood bending doesn't take to him he's like no i can just walk right through it and you're like what the heck who the heck are you oh man the brother thing does sound more likely now because i'm thinking Mm -hmm. so like if the Tarlock's father, if they were siblings, and like Tarlock's dad just could have taught them mm-hmm. how not to be affected by bloodbending. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility. We will find out in a later episode. Well, we're almost done this. We are almost done this. I series, feel yeah. like I feel like this like plop all these plot points that are coming up and like for this like kind of like non-bendy thing yeah. is gonna mostly come come to conclude. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Then he pretty much Amon just like whoops Tarlux, but takes away his bending. Yeah. Like right there. He can't bend then, anymore. Yeah, which I'm like, a good. That's I'm happy about that. He captures that. him and Tarlock is out of picture for the moment. Mm-hmm. And then Amon is like, yo, we gotta electrocute the box so she can't escape. And don't, don't underestimate Don't underestimate her. For the love of God, just do not underestimate her. She's the avatar. And what do they do? Sake. They underestimate her. Apparently nobody like looks at like the roof of the box, which is like a vent. It's graded, yeah. It's graded. So basically, she just like gets a ribbon and like is up on the thing. Yeah, yeah. She gets her arm thing and she holds it so she can't be affected by the electrocution because he holds that thing there for a while, like the light bulb like burst and everything. I'm like, you are you are literally killer. Uh, but anyway, so she escapes mm-hmm. and she runs away. Yeah. And eventually Naga finds her because Naga this whole time has been looking for her. Naga is such a good character. Aww. I love Naga. Naga. And so and then Naga brings her back to the city. 
Um, and she's she's crying out, and then so they eventually find Naga, and then Mako was like, "Everybody out of the way, Mako." <laughs> And they're like, like Mako, just calm down. Like literally, the only way I would have gotten it, or like would have been even like more okay with it, is yeah. if they were actually a couple. Yeah. Then it would have been like, all right, he's worried about his girlfriend. Right. Okay. But like, you don't. I mean, you obviously like if it's your friend, you're upset. Yeah. But like you're oh, you're going overboard, and your girlfriend is right there. Yep. And like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's like that. I don't know if like I don't know. Are we supposed to like be okay with this? I don't. I'm not sure what you're supposed to be. I remember when I watched it, I was like Mako. Like I feel like the I feel like like the writers like it's kind of like this thing where they just like they kind of were getting less and less into it and like they just I felt like they realized like they like they it felt like they settled all the love triangles yeah and then they're kind of like no we want to bring it back up for the end yeah and they kind of didn't realize that mm-hmm. like it couldn't even been a thing where like they played up like they set up like the whole thing where everything's cool they played up but they played up the flirtiness a bit more okay. yeah. Yeah. If you think. Mm-hmm. They could just play at the flirtiness like a little bit more and then maybe like the episode before like all the crap went down. Yeah. They could have like set up like Maga could have been like, huh. Oh, man. And they kind of realized that. And then I it caught the feelings. Well, like, I mean, they could have just, I mean, I know they only had 12. I feel like if they had 22 episodes, it probably would have been a bit more. They would have had time to play with it more. It would have felt more organic. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, or even if like the episodes, if they had 12 episodes, but each episode was like 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they really had they really could have used more room to kind of play around with this or not do it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, or so, just, yeah, probably not do it at all. Yeah, probably just not do it at all. So so that's great kind of where we end up off on that episode. Yeah. Uh is okay, she's back in the, the arms of she's, her. Friends. She's a bit beaten up. She's a bit beaten up. She's gonna need some time for some some rest and relaxation. Mm-hmm. Um and so that concludes this episode and Charlock mm-hmm. is who knows where, Aman is doing who knows what. And we are left wondering. So, um, what were your thoughts on this episode? I, I I dug it. I did. I dug it quite a bit. Um, I think the weird thing was that, like, basically everything kind of involving, like, let's find Cora, and like the love with the the rom- I didn't care about the romance at all. I still don't <laughs> care about the romance. I don't mm-hmm. think I ever will. Maybe there's a point where I will. Maybe who mm-hmm. knows? And then just like, but kind of like the search for stuff, like that all stuff. Like I didn't mind it, but it was kind of just like, kind of like the beat by beat kind of thing. Yeah. And I was kind of getting mad, like, why do you keep confronting people? Let's not confront them and just make them and like you could have followed stuff. Right. But the me- like, it's weird thing. Like the thing that I was most interested in was like everything with Cora and yeah. like her meditation. Yeah. And just like finding all the stuff out. I'm like, this is cool. I'm interested. Right. Um, so I'm ha- I was like, yeah. Yeah. So so this is a question I wanted to ask. How do you feel um, about how they represented the, the old team avatar in this episode in the, the flashbacks or flash forwards or whatever? Um, like, how do you think, how did the voicing go? How do you, like, the who they chose for the voice actors? Who do you think they, like, how they redesigned the characters to be older? Like, how'd you feel about that kind of stuff? Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I, I didn't really have a big opinion. Like, the only thing that, like, freaked me out, not really freaked me out, but, like, was, like, the Chris Hardwick thing. And that's because, like, I knew who it was. Yeah. But then I kind of was, like, listening and I'm kind of like, no, that kind of does sound like a grown-up Sokka voice and then we didn't really see guitar in that but like Mm -hmm. I don't think she need to be there I'm glad that like everybody kind of has like a what's the word like this like a political not political position but like a like a role yeah yeah I mean everybody kind of was like in their place everybody looked pretty okay Aang was I like Aang I really like Aang yeah he felt just like so adult yeah like I like in the show like he like was a kid right I think he kind of like had to mature a bit yeah but he still kind of felt like a kid. I kind of like seeing like a super adult, just like we're gonna do this and right. like that kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I liked an adult. I didn't really like his beard. He was like Avatar Aang. Okay. It felt like an adult. Like it just felt like a good progression. Right. And Toph kind of felt like Toph was very Toph. To Toph me. didn't really do much. Like she didn't do much, but like she felt like somebody like who is like a grown up and like probably like, mm-hmm. if she's in like a room with like a bunch of people, like she can stand her ground. Right. But like when she's with Aang, who's like you know been her best friend for at this point like a long time, like thirty years. Yeah. Like, she's going to still shoot the shit with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really like that, too. I think they did a good job um, with, you know, aging up Team Avatar. So I, I, I always get excited when I see those flashbacks. Because uh, especially because, I mean, it makes me think of the old series and I miss the old series. Good so it's one times. of my favorites. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so I think we kind of touched on a lot of other things as we were going along as far as where we think this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, who's who? Who's what? Who's when? Where? And things are about to go down. Are you ready for things to go down? I am ready for things to go down. All right. If you're ready for things to go down, then we will be back in just a second with the next episode, Turning the Tides. Ooh. So we are back with episode 10 of Book One Air of Legend of Korra. This is Turning the Tides. Ooh. And a lot of things are turned. Oh, a lot of things are turned. Things go down. Things are currently going down, and then you're just going to keep going down yeah. until we reach the end of this season. Yeah. So let's go. It's like we're getting into the climax. All right. So at the end of the last episode, of course, you know, Korra uh, was kind of beaten up. So she's she's kind of resting. She's resting up, and like Mako's by her side, and he's like... I'm like Mako. He's like, he's like on her hand. It kind of reminded me of um the catch the second Hunger Games movie where after did you ever see that you saw that right yeah so like after uh oh Gail yeah. gets like whipped, whipped and then she, yeah and she's like right there and it's like kind of the thing of like this is like I mean obviously like there was like that whole that whole sh- thing sh- sh- which I didn't hate as much as I hated it at, <laughs> like, at least that felt good like I felt it yeah. and it was just kind of like a thing where it's like. Like, here's my friend. Like, I get the whole thing of, like, oh, here's my friend who I really care about. Mm-hmm. May I even have a thing for? Yeah. And, like, they're, like, obviously, like, re- like they've been hurt. Right. So, like, you feel bad. But then, you're, like, I'm just, like, like I want to feel sympathy for Mako because, like, I want to, like, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Right. But he's, like, just, like, so over, like... He's not like he's. I think it's the fact. I think I. Re- I just. I think I had an epiphany on this. Ah, okay. He doesn't Excuse realize me. he's doing anything wrong. Yes, and he doesn't realize that he's hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he's giving. Like I mean, obviously, Cora's not really focusing on him. He's focused. She's focusing on other stuff. Mm-hmm. But like doing this, like sending mixed emotions to Cora about like your feelings is not good. Mm-hmm. Doing that is hurting Asami. Right. So, like, and it just feels like he's, like, really... I hope there's, like, a character arc, like, in the rest of the show, like, where he becomes less self-centered. Right. Which would be nice. I don't know if that happens. It'd be very nice. But he's so self-centered. And he's just, like, he doesn't think that, like, anything... He's just, like, I'm helping my friend who's, like, sick and stuff. And I'm, like, yeah, but you don't understand that, like, the way you're doing it can, like, send a lot of mixed emotions. Yes, exactly. So, Thank okay. You. All I'm right. <laughs> so, yeah, especially because Asami's like, all right, buddy. All right. So, um, so Cora eventually, like, she wakes up. She's eating and it's all good. And all these things are happening. Um, and then and you then, find out what happens, basically. Yeah. And then she's kind of, she gives them the deets. She kind of fills them in on what's been going on. Did she on. tell them that, like, she found this out through, like, a vision? Um, I don't. Because, uh, like, that might be a point thing. Like, hey, like, maybe we can, It's like, hey, Tenzin, like, I learned this. Like, 
through a vision. Maybe we From should like dad. work on this. Oh yeah, maybe we should do some med- more meditation. Maybe Egg. We, should, we, we should tap into the past lives thing a little more. Egg. Anyway, so um, and then Asami and Mako have kind of a confrontation. Confrontation in the uh, well, Pem Pem is there, and uh, Pem is there, and Mako walks in. He's like, "Hey, I need to boil some." <laughs> he's like, "I need some tea or whatever." And he says, "She's like, well, you're a firebender. Boil it yourself." Which is a po- <laughs> true. <laughs> She could. He could probably do it himself. Yeah. Just like you know, like we're good. Yeah. And then Pema's like, "I'm gonna go." We should also point out probably with Pema that uh, um, she's got some pains. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's and still pregnant. Something. Yeah. She's very. She's very pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I like, should point. Uh, okay. We'll yeah. con- we'll continue. All right. So um, so they they have like a confrontation, and then she's like. Hey, like they're talking. She's she asks him like, "Do you have like feelings? Like I know you kissed, blah blah blah." And he's like denying it. Um, and well, did like, he deny the kiss? Because like I think he didn't. He didn't th- deny the kiss. He denied that he had feelings for her. Um, and th- and she's like, and he's like, well, things are kind of crazy right now. There's a lot of stuff going down. In case you haven't noticed, can we talk about this later? And she's like, mm, there might not be a relationship later to worry about. Oh, mic drop. Walk yeah. out. Change scene. Yeah, which like. I, I mean, I agree with Michael. Like, yeah, there's a ton of stuff we need to worry about, yeah. but, like, you're still, like... But you can't ignore it forever, buddy. And, uh, I, uh, Just Mako, man. Just Mako. I don't know. It's just kind of, like, I get the fact, like, yeah, like, I mean, like, I mean, I, I... That is kind of, like, I guess, like, my one thing with Asami, but it's kind of, like, a sympathetic thing where it's kind of, like, she really is kind of worried about this. Mm-hmm. And, like, yes, there is other stuff to worry about. Right. But it's... And I, I, I don't know. Like, what do you think with Asami? I think she definitely has like room to be worried. She's like, there's like stuff going on. She she can't be worried about this boy if the boy's not worried about. No, her. no, no. But no, I'm thinking like, should she like? Do you think like? I wonder if there would be like a like a thing where like she's like conflicted that like she should be worrying about this other stuff that's like destroying everything. I think that'd be a really interesting conflict to see. Yeah, I think that that doesn't really get explored. Because like the way, because like because like if they keep like playing this up and like it kind of makes it, like, and she's only worrying about this like romance thing and like not yeah. anything else. I mean, A, kind of makes her look like a teenager who, like, would focus on this. Right. But then it kind of, like, that's, like, the only bitchy thing. But, like, right. it feels really forced. Yeah. But, like, it it doesn't really, they real in comparison to the rest of the episode, though, it's not like she's always constantly She doesn't really do it. much the rest of the it's, It only, it comes up occasionally. It's yeah. more, like, in, when like, it's really like, subtle, like, glances. Like, she's not constantly, like, moving That's true. It. Yeah, and she's, like, focusing so, on other stuff. And, still, like, like worried about when it. she's forced yeah. to confront it. Yeah. She, yeah. All right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I'll right. give you that. I give it a pass. Yeah. Um. And so, Tenson asks Lin, he's like, hey, Beifang, my bro, uh, can you help guard my, my ex, kids? My ex-girlfriend, bro. Hey, yeah, so my ex-girlfriend, do you want to, like, help you know protect my wife is that weird and he's and she's like yeah fine whatever and Pema's like cool you can watch the kids <laughs> hands them her child and I kind of I Lynn should probably never be around children ever <laughs> I kind of I always wonder like the thing between like uh Lynn and Pema like their relation their relationship yeah because wasn't it like what was like Tenzin left Lynn for Pema yeah why was that pretty just, much just because I, th- I think it was because like the relationship kind of yeah like the relationship was kind of going another way and i think like tenzin wanted other things than lynn wanted and so they just kind of i feel like them. lynn never really wanted kids yeah that's yeah that's always and like tenzin what i got wanted kids yeah because he's like, like i need to <laughs> repopulate my race well no i always feel like tenzin wanted kids yeah he kind of feel like the kind of guy who would like want kids he would really want kids but also he needs to repopulate his race that's i mean that's true <laughs> So like, and that's like, if, I mean, for people in relationships, like a, the kid thing is kind of a deal breaker. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge deal breaker. So, so. Yeah. so 
Um, but I mean, I'm I'm glad that like this doesn't actually turn into like a love triangle. No, it does. This doesn't. This is like already resolved. This so is like kind of seeing kind of the. This like, is like the whole like Koramako Asami debacle, but like as adults. Yeah, like and you know how to like, deal with it after the thing ended, and then years later. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but Pem is still pretty funny. He's like, okay, cool. Watch my kids. Thanks. Yeah. And then Tenzin has to go do some stuff with the council. And then we see the Equalist. They are rounding up members of the council. They are kidnapping them in many ways. And so mainly the shocky ways. Yeah, the shocky ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, dear. But Tenzin, he Equalist are no match for him. We, I mean, he almost. Okay, he almost gets it. Yeah. But. I feel like probably because there's so few revenders, like they don't fully know how to deal with them. Yeah. They know how to deal with everything else because they exist. Yeah. And they, I feel like they, they probably have like extensive training on like different types of vendors because they can like, the, like the styles are very well known for like airbending style and like how they fight. There's only, only like two guys in, in the, on the world who really understand what it is. Well, technically I think it's more like four. Yeah. And maybe five. <laughs> yeah. But it, like. Um, Actually, maybe like, six are, like, coming masters. up soon. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a very limited amount of uh, masters. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they can't really, like, fight airbender guys. They just get a bunch of tanks and they hope for the best. Yeah. And they almost get them. But Team Avatar comes mm-hmm. and, with, like, their cars. And, and they They kind of destroy that car, which kind of sucks. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny really also because nice there was, like, a bit where, like, she crashed the car. Yeah, she was trying to park the car and Core can't drive. Which is like, okay, like, guys, like, really? Yeah. And I think, like, and I think it was like a selfie brought stuff saying, like, what did you do? <laughs> and she's kind of like, look, I can't drive. You just left me alone with the car. I can't drive. There's also a bunch of parking tickets. There's parking, yeah, and then Maku just. Which, like, that doesn't get rid of the parking ticket. I mean, it gets rid, rid of them, but it doesn't, like, you still gotta pay. You gotta pay him, man. But he don't care. He don't give a heck about the law. He's got all of like his like he's got all those hormones and like, the testosterone fund is just like it's all he's, built up. He's too worried about girls to worry about parking tickets. Man. I'm worried about other shit. I wonder what's gonna happen once like everything is lowered down. What's gonna happen? <laughs> so Team Avatar saves Tenzin, and then they gotta go uh, do whatever their thing. So Tenzin recruits the help of the United Forces, Ooh. which is sounds very exciting. Yeah, so that's kind of like the army, but for like mm-hmm. like the UN army, I guess. Does the UN have an army? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't. <laughs> however, that works. Um, and so they're kind of attacked by Equalists in there, and they have to escape. No, so no, so counts. So Tenzin gets attacked by the Equalist. Yeah, and then he sends a message to the to the guys, and then he gets attacked again. No, and then Team Avatar comes. Yeah, no, but then he uh, maybe. <laughs> How does episode even go? I just know that. No, 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 I remember. Okay, so like, no, he gets attacked first, and then Team Avatar t- saves him. Yeah. And then I think it was like he goes into, gets, um, like he sends a message, and then there's like those, like the gas. Yeah. And yeah. then he gets, and then it's like another thing. Yeah, no, no. Team Avatar only saves him second, because the first time he like fights him off, and then he goes, he goes to the council. No, yeah, because the second time was with the, the mecha suits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he beats out the people who are trying to kidnap him. <gasps> we don't know how this episode no, no, goes. It. So he beats out <laughs> the people who are trying to kidnap him because that was just them. Yeah. And then, then the second time it's the mecha suits. Yeah. And then and then team up the to save him. Cool. We figured it out. Cool. I have like the synopsis right in front of me and I'm like, I, I can't read. Wow. Um, don't you have glasses? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I have contacts too, but they don't seem to be working. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Hold on. Can you like read Oh yeah, and then like we had like short scene with like a, with Aman, and he's like, and he's talking to Sat- Hiroshi Sato, and then he's like, soon you will have your daughter back. Which like, I hope not. 
Yeah, really. I have a concern. My concern is that, like, because she's so mad at Mako, she's just going to switch to the other <laughs> side. I don't feel like she's that kind of character, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I was only two episodes left, so, like, and I know she's in the rest of the series, so right. I, I feel like that's kind of, like, an unforgivable thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like she probably doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, then it was that after, and then they started attacking the. Yeah. And then, um, so these airships go to Air Temple Island. And Tenson isn't there, and he's like, "Oh no!" Um, it, was, it was a trap, and I'm like, "Dang!" Uh, well, like part of a trap. Yeah, and so, um, and so, of course, as the airships are coming, Pem is like, "By the way, I'm about to give birth." <laughs> well, like, because Lynn says, "Like everybody needs to calm down," and then you just hear Pema scream. <laughs> yeah, and Pem, and Lynn's like, "I told you to stay calm." <laughs> it's like Pema. Hold your, pull yourself Which, together. Like I'll say this, like obviously, like with that, like I thought, obviously, like all right, like at some point, like when it's not, um, what's the word? Not the best time. Yeah. To happen, she's gonna go into she's gonna like go into labor and have the baby at the most inopportune moment. That's what I mean. That's the word. Baby. I thought it was gonna be like in like the final episode. Yeah. With like the final battle, I thought that's when when it was, I don't think it happened now. Mm-hmm. But she goes into labor, and we're just like, oh, well, yeah, that's happening. And so Lynn has to kind of fight these guys, these equalist guys, off by herself, or it's, so she thinks. Yeah. Because then the Airbender children are like, oh no, lady. We're common in the I fight. Love, what's his older? What's the oldest? Janora. Janora. I loved her line saying, "Like, don't mess with my dad's ex girlfriend." <laughs> <laughs> she's got the best. She's she. The, I, I love Janora. She's a good character. Um, and then Iki comes in on an air scooter and she's kicking butt. And then Milo has fart powers or something. I don't like the fart powers. <laughs> I just don't like. I don't like fart jokes in general. No, neither do I. I'm not really a fart joke kind of person. Yeah. And so they beat him up, and they they wrangle all those equalist guys up, and then Tenzin finally gets back. They get back to the island, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, go." They don't really they they well, wait like a while thing, to like, tell him that like he just had a baby. Well, there was like this whole thing of like um like he was like, "You put my children in a fight," and then she's like saying like, "If it wasn't for them, I'd probably be dead." Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing, and I'm like, "Oh, which probably mentioned by the way, by the way, your wife went into labor." Yeah. So it takes him kind of a while to get to that. But eventually we go see the cute little new baby. His baby. name is Rohan. Rohan. And he's cute. And it's, like a, tell, nice, it's a nice family moment. Can you moment. tell somebody's an airbender when they're a baby? I don't think so. Okay. I think you got to wait until they're a little older. Well, uh, what's his son's name? Milo? Milo? Milo. Mm-hmm. I thought he's like five. And like he knows. So like yeah. Probably a couple of years. Anyway. Yeah, a couple of years. Um, well, something happy happened. There was a baby. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. And so, but then there's more airships coming. Dang. And they got to get away. Yeah. And so they, they load the whole family up on the Sky Bison. Yeah. Whose name is Oogie. And they're getting ready to go. And Lynn's going to accompany them. Cause she's like, yo, I'm going to protect your family, man. Yeah. And he's like, thanks. And then he tells Team Avatar, you guys got getting off the island. It's not the time for fighting. You got to go hide. You just got to run. Hide. Got to fight until the United Forces come, and then you can make a plan. Then we yeah. can beat those equalists. And Cora's like, "I want to fight," but then she's like, "Wait, no, you got to be patient." And I'm like, "Character development, yay! Good job, girl." All right, so they all get up on Naga and they run away. And the Sky Bison is flying away, but the airships are chasing them. And so, but as they are flying, the airships are getting closer. Like they are no match for these airships. Yeah. So we see this moment where Lin Bei Fong decides, "Yes, I got to go sacrifice myself." Yeah. She, she pulls a heroic moment, jumps off, and then she goes and, like, basically destroys an airship Bas- just yeah, with bas- her bare hands. Yeah. Which, wow, what a badass. Mm. God, I love her. And then, um, so... I I think I, because, like, the ship went down, I didn't see her, like, jump off for a second. I, like, I thought that she was going to die. But then I she mean- eventually gets captured before she can beat the other airship. 
and she gets knocked unconscious. And then Milo is like, that lady is my hero. And Tenzin's like, yeah, yeah, she is. I agree. She is my hero. I love her. Um, and so in a friendship way, <laughs> in a platonic sense. Yeah. Uh, and so team avatar. Yeah. Uh, they go to the, the, the underground. There's so many underground things. Mm-hmm. In this city, like which makes there's sense. A whole other city under like the if you want to get much. some, if you want to like hide something, secret tunnel. So they yeah. go out and hide. Mako and Cora have a little moment, and then Asami's like, mm. and I'm mm. like, mm. and then then we see it flashes back to Lin Bei Fong gets her bending taken away. Oh, so sad. It's, such a, it's a very good scene. Like it's I a good scene, scene, and like I played out. I think it was like also like during like the thing where I thought she was gonna die. I'm like, oh, or this is gonna happen, and like mm-hmm. you knew what I was thinking, and you're just like gave me yeah. that look, and I'm like, <laughs> dang it. Yeah, she gets her bending taken away, but it's such like a good because it's a really good way to have like a character sacrifice without a character necessarily having to die. Yeah, it was a very kind of symbolic death. I felt like she really gave because like, like for a lot of characters, kind of bending is their life. So to give away their bending is to like essentially give away their life. So so Lynn really sacrificed a lot of herself. Yeah, because I kind of don't know like can she like Tenzin's fight? Family. Can she fight besides bending? She, I mean, she can punch people, but True. like I mean that's pretty much it. Yeah, but now they're also like she's still with them, so like, that's kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a great scene, a very sad scene. So sad. But such a good scene. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we, we end on uh, the United Forces. Uh-huh. A, a fella delivers a message to a general mm-hmm. saying, uh, Republic City has been overrun. He say, And then this general guy says, tell the message we will be there in three days' time. And then we pull back and he says, General Iroh, and it is... General Iroh, not the one you may know from the last series, but a young guy. This young guy who is voiced by Dante Bosco. By Dante Bosco. And it's just a great moment. I also forgot to bring this up, but the, the bad guy from the last episode was Clancy Brown, and I, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know people. So wait, so is he Zuko's son? Uh, or Yeah, so like, he looked at least like... Uh, yeah, he's Zuko's grandson. Okay, because I was going to say, like he looked about like... Like the tw- I get, well then because I'm kind of wondering maybe like Tenzin had like kids when he was older because no he's like, in his thirties. Who? Uh, Iro. Okay, Iro. No, no, no. Because I was thinking like so then Tenzin had kids when he was like a lot older because yeah Tenzin is like fifty. Yeah, because it's like all of his kids are young. Yeah, so because he because he waited a while to have kids. Yeah, it's like all of his kids are young. Meanwhile, like a, like Zuko's grandson's like in his thirties. Yeah. So, like, okay, so I'm kind of miss. I'm, I don't know if I missed this. Maybe I didn't miss it, but, like, I just want to maybe confirm this. Okay. So, is everybody on the, from the original show, with the exception of Katara, dead? I know Avatar. I know Aang's dead. Um, I don't want to confirm or deny. It was confirmed in the first episode that Sokka is dead, and obviously Aang is dead. I just know about Toph or Zuko. Katara is confirmed alive. I am not going to say either way. How did Zuko die? I'm not going to say. I'm not Zuko. Z- Sokka. Nobody knows. Nobody, like, Sokka gets, like, so, I know, like, Katara, like screwed over in this well, series because like, nobody ever talks about him in this show. Well, like, I know Katara's, like, probably like, in her 80s now. Yeah, Katara's in her 80s. And, like, Zuko's old, not, dad, god dang it, Sokka. Sokka yeah. was older. Yeah. So, I mean, I could just assume he died of old age, which yeah, I'm fine with. He could. But nobody knows. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they very much like the creators of the show. I feel like very like, kind of glance over them. They're like, yeah, Sokka did his thing. Okay, bye. But we I'm love like, him. But like, I want to know more information because it's Sokka and like he's one of the best characters. Whatever. Yeah. So, um, so Sokka and Aang are dead. Not, yes. Yeah. I was about to say confirmed. And then Katara is alive, and yes. you won't tell me about Toph or Zuko. No. Okay. 
So, <laughs> so but it looks like we're getting a battle. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fight. We're gonna we're coming to fight. Like United Forces are in, and they're gonna fight. And we got our General Iroh mm-hmm. too. And ah, so exciting. Um, so what you think of this episode? I yeah, no, I really liked it. It's like I feel like everything's getting built up. There was some like emotional bits. It was funny. It was a good episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. I I'm, I'm it's the the teen romance stuff is still kind of. Yeah, it's, bogging it. it's not bogging it down as much as like right. I feel like if this is like a war show that would have taken over mm-hmm. and like I would have been like hey guys like we got other problems mm-hmm. but like I feel like this is it's taking it less so it's like you know but so that's still kind of bothering me right but like I mean I'm glad that a lot of people are just like focusing on like the fact that like hey somebody's trying to kill us yeah like we're really for the most part we're focusing on the serious stuff which is like this mind guy is crazy mm-hmm. and he's about to do some stuff yeah not sure what he's doing, but it's about it's about to go down, or it is in the process of going down. Yep. So, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Well, uh, we're almost done the series. That's about the series season. We are almost done this season. Yeah, we have two episodes left, which will be covered in the next episode. Do 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 do. What do you think of like? Is there any changes of this episode? Um, watching this episode again, uh, I mean, everything. I still feel pretty much the same as I have felt watching it before. Um, I love the scene. Um, any scene with Bei Fong is near and dear to my heart so the way like her sacrifice scene talked about a little bit about the before mm-hmm. um i really i think it's just a great scene mm-hmm. um like i still geek out when i hear dante bosco's voice in that because it's just yeah. it's so cool so but like i love seeing the legacy of the original team avatar i think it's great um do any of the other uh, original voice cast come back for like a role uh thanks so. i forget i forget who i know people i know a couple do um, I forget who. I feel like voice acting, like if, you, like if you're not, but like if you, I mean, like I know, like some of them probably do like live action stuff, but like voice acting kind of feels like, hey, can you just like come in for a day and record some stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like but, that's kind of. Thing. Oh yeah, well the one, yeah, well we're we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'll point right. out some some fun things, um, but yeah, and so I love the legacy of the characters, and I love especially going forward in this series, we'll get to see some more fun stuff. Okay, so looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe sounds like we're gonna wrap up this. Uh, yeah. Next episode of First Reaction Fan Reaction. Join us next week as we wrap up Legend of Korra Book One with episodes 11, Skeletons in the Closet, and episode Ooh. 12, Endgame. All right. So. Is that the end? <laughs> and I wonder. It sounds like it's the end. Yeah. Who knows? All right. So if you want to, please. Uh, give us a like and a subscribe on this video. We would love it. Um, and then follow us on Twitter at Witty Close. Like mm-hmm. us on Facebook at Witty Close Productions. And you can also shoot us an email if you want at uh, wittyclose at gmail.com. Until mm-hmm. then, that is all for this week's episode. We will see you next time. Peace. Peace.